who are in this tent grown, burdened as we are, because we do not want to be unclothed, but clothed, so that mortality will be swallowed up by life. And the one who prepared us for this very thing is God, who gave us the Spirit as down payment. Therefore, because of all this that I've said, though we are always we are always confident and know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yet we are confident and satisfied to be out of this body and at home with the Lord. Therefore, whether we are home or away, we make it our aim to be pleasing to him. We make it our aim to be pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each may be repaid for what he has done in the body, whether good or bad. Knowing then the fear of the Lord we persuade people. We are completely open before God and I hope we are completely open to your conscience as well. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you an opportunity to be proud of us so that you may have a reply for those who take pride in outward appearance rather than in the heart. For if we are out of our mind, it is for you, it is for God. Sorry. If we, are, we have a sound mind, it is for you. Whichever way is still okay. Is it for Christ's love compels us since we have reached this conclusion? If one died for all, then all died. And he died for all. Listen carefully. He died for all so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised. From now on then, we do not know anyone in a purely human way. Even if we have known Christ in a purely human way, yet now we know no longer know him like that. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation Old things have passed away, and look, new things have come. We'll read the other verses. But I want us to go back to verse 15. You see, what it means to be born again. What it means to be born again. When you say, I'm born again, what do you mean? You see, 
many things are known or are often spoken of in part and not the full. Many people, when you say, I'm married, it means I have a man in the house. But it means more than having a man in the house. What it also means is that somebody will tell you what to do. And that you can't go or do what you like. That's what it means to be married. Most people don't they don't they don't you see there are words that has about seven definitions. Most of the time we use one or two definitions of the word more than others. What it means to be married, it means as a woman, you are no longer your boss. The man is your boss. What it means to be married as a woman, it means that you, your agenda is your husband's agenda. Yeah, that, that's what it means to be married. Mm-hmm. Do you know why there's so much confusion in marriage? Because most of us don't know what it means to be married. You see, if we were to take our time to understand that the meaning of what we are doing, we would choose carefully who we do with. Because if, if marrying means that somebody is now going to tell you what to do, then you must make sure that the person who is going to tell you what to do has a bigger head than you. I don't know if you understand. Not a bigger head in terms of physical, but a bigger head in terms of ability to think. But most of you girls, you don't even assess whether the person can think or not. The person has nice muscles and nice look. And you don't even check what is inside the nice look. And then you go and marry somebody who has a nice look, but the head has water. Nice look with water head. <laughs> they, 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 every day, whatever, when he says, we are doing this, you can see that what you are saying, if we do it, our life is poor. And then now you start fighting. Do you get it? It's the reason why you are fighting is because you didn't think of what it means to be married. That, that's the reason. If you are thought of it, you say, mm, this one looks nice, but I see a lot of water in the head. <laughs> this one doesn't look nice, but he has substance in his head. I think I'll go for this one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the question I'm asking you is let's consider carefully what it means to be born again. 
in its totality, not in its part. Are you with me? What it means to be born again. And Paul, you see, recently the Lord showed me that the reason why Paul was chosen to reach out to the larger part of the world, which is the Gentiles, is because, you see, the Old Testament is a concealment of the New Testament. The New Testament is a revelation of the Old Testament. Now, the people that Jesus chose as disciples, they were not scholars of the Old Testament. They knew a few things here and there. But Paul had studied the Old Testament and dissected it inside out. So he has deep knowledge of the Old Testament and therefore could actually interpret it when the New Testament, like the the new dispensation was being revealed. He could explain that this thing that we are seeing is what was said here and this is what it means, this is what it means. The other people didn't, they just knew Jesus and had power, but they didn't know much about the Old Testament. But Paul was a scholar. They say a Pharisee of the Pharisees. So Paul was a scholar of the Old Testament, and therefore he could explain it well. When Jesus came to fulfill it, he could explain it well. That's why he wrote so much, explaining to the people. What actually has happened? From Romans. Because he understood what was happening far better than the people who actually had the power of the Holy Spirit in a special way. Because they were fishermen. Some of them were tax collectors. Studying the Bible was not... None of them was a Bible scholar. Luke was a doctor. Most of them, we don't even know what they were. And therefore, they didn't write much. They were just happy to be in the church. (laughs) And walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But Paul, because of his depth of understanding, said, ah, this thing that we have been studying, this is actually what is happening. So this thing that is happening, actually, this is what it means. Paul was the one who could explain salvation from Abraham. Mm-hmm. It's not Peter. They, they, they didn't know. They, didn't know. They, they, they just knew Abraham. They just knew one or two Isaiah verses, but that's all. Yeah, Paul could explain salvation from Abraham. Are you with me? Uh-huh. So he's explaining to us what it means to be born again. And he says that one person dying for everybody means everybody is dead. And he resurrecting means that everybody who died in him, the new life that they would have is the new life that he will give them. And in that new life, 
you are not supposed to live for yourself. He died for all so that those who live should no longer live for themselves. Meaning, 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 those who live were actually living for themselves. Because when they say, I don't want you to come here, you should no longer go to school. It means you have been going to school. Mm-hmm. You should no longer wear glasses. It means you have been wearing glasses. Because if you never wore glasses, they cannot say you should no longer wear glasses. So, so that those who live should no longer live for themselves means that up until this time, they are living for themselves. So what it means to be born again, apart from your sins being forgiven, apart from you now being translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of Jesus Christ, it also means that you are to no longer live for yourself, but to live for Christ. Please, I I wish you had NLT. Doesn't somebody have an NLT here? Please open it and read it because it, it, NLT is, is, is like a, a, a musician, a singer who sings very well. You know, the song is nice depending on who is singing it. Yeah, the, the song is nice depending on who is singing it. So, 2 Corinthians 15. It says, He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life, so that those who received his new life. He died for everyone so that the only reason why you are alive is the new life that Christ has given you. It's the new life that Christ has given you. And the reason is, or or the, the reason that you have this new life is that you are no longer to live for yourself, but to live for the one who has given you the new life? Read it. Instead, they will live for Christ. Who Instead, died. they will live for Christ. Read on. Who died and was raised for them. Who died and was raised for them. Christians don't understand this. And I'm here to explain to you that it is living for yourself that first of all separated you from God. So if you have been forgiven and you have been brought back to God, you cannot continue to live for yourself. Otherwise, it will cause you to be separated from God again. Why did God suck Adam and Eve from the garden? Because they did what will benefit them. As Satan told them, when you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good, you will not die. It will make you as God, knowing good and evil. And, 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 and when God came, he admitted that man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. Let us sack him so that he does not have the power to live forever because in the garden there's a tree of life that will make them live forever. 
So if your separation, your death, because of sin, Jesus has come to pay for it so that you can come back. Are you coming back to come and do the same thing? And are Christians not doing the same thing over and over again? You see, we, we, have not, we have not thought to sit down to analyze salvation well. The power of Satan over you has to do with living for yourself. It is when you live for yourself that Satan has power over you. When you don't live for yourself, but you live for somebody else, Satan loses his power over you. If you can get this message, it will make you understand the whole Bible. It will make you see God as very reasonable. Most people get frustrated in marriage because they always ask, what about me? Mm-hmm. 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 It's the what about me question that actually makes you frustrated. But if your mind is, I'm there to help this man, it's not about me, it's about him. If your mind works like that, you'll never be frustrated over anything. Mm-hmm. And, and what will happen is that as you take away the what about me and all is about him, he cannot but to respond to make it all about you. Because, you see, even a dog knows his master who gives him food. So the husband that can see that my wife has my interest at heart would never want his wife to go far away from him. And no matter what he does, his wife will always be by his side. Because he knows that if I have her by me, I have my back covered. So you won't ask her uh, come with me. Or, or she wouldn't ask you. You, would, as a wife, wouldn't have to ask him, can I come with you? He would say, no, honey, I can't go without you. You must come. No, 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 you are going. But what am I going to do? You are, you are not doing anything. You just be with me. You just be with me. Ah, but what you are doing, I don't need to be there. The children are, you are okay. It's fine. They said, I said, come with me. We are going together. <laughs> Okay, if you don't want, okay, come with the children. Let's all go together. So you will find out that your husband is always calling for you because you have proven to him and he can see that if my wife is with me, my interest would never be neglected. Yeah. But if you are always, what about me? What about me? 
what happens is that, ah, this guy, this woman, even if she's here, she's not thinking about me. Let me just leave her, get somebody else who actually will think about me. Yeah. And then you'll be saying, but why don't you go with me? You're always going alone. Ah, but what are you going to do for me? I mean, whatever it is. Ah, well, I don't need you here. I need you here. Just be home and look after the children. Yeah. So that those who live, please, can you say it again? The verse 15. The reason the salvation is to, to make you no longer live for yourself but to live for the one who has given you the new life. Yeah. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will so that those who receive his new life you see, he's not asking you to do something that he has not given to you. I've given you money and I'm asking you to use it for me and you don't understand it. What's wrong with you? I've given you money and I said I need you to buy me this and that. And then you are telling me that because you have school fees to pay and you have other accounts to pay. You are using my money that I've given you to pay for your responsibility. I mean, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? I will take you to prison. So as you are happily claiming salvation, I said, as you are happily claiming salvation, I am born again. I am born again. What you are also saying is that you have received a new life from Christ. Be careful and check what you are using it for. Now, I'm not saying it to somebody who actually understands what salvation is, is the one who is explaining to us that the reason for the new life is so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves, but instead do what? That they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. I don't know what you have to say. I mean, this one, I'm not, I'm not teaching you the Greek, the French. The, I'm just reading the Bible. It's clear. But do you think we understand this? Do you think when we wake up, we think of Jesus Christ and what he wants us to do? Hello? But we are claiming we are born again. You see, every time you claim you are born again, what you are saying is that you, you, have, you have accepted a new life that Christ has given to you, but you want to use it for yourself. If I give you money to go and buy me things, as my employee, you are working in my company, and I say, go and buy us, the company we need this, I give you money, and then you go and pay the school fees of your children, and you pay Lobola and other... (laughs) 
other things. What do you think I'll do to you? Even if I'm a pastor. (laughs) If I will just fire you, you are blessed. I will take you to prison. Because it's, it's theft and misappropriation of company funds. And I will label it corruption and I will prosecute you. But we don't think so, isn't it? That God is waiting for us. Mm-hmm. It doesn't know. You see, Satan is good at what he does. He has taken our mind off where we are shouting we are going and making us do the wrong things and are happy to be saying we are going to heaven. You are going to heaven to do what? <laughs> you are going to heaven to meet the one who has given you the life that you have used for yourself? Is you are happy that you are going to meet the judge? Yeah, we are going to heaven. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We are going to see the king. Yeah. You are a thief and you are going to see the corpse. And you are singing about it happily that you are going to see the corpse. <laughs> obviously, obviously, Satan has deceived you not to be aware that you are singing about the corpse or not to be aware that you are a thief and making you sing happily that you are going to meet the corpse. No, but, but you see, are, you, are you surprised at what I'm saying? Are you surprised at what I'm saying? No, no, are you surprised at the verse I'm reading? It's been sitting there all the time. You see, our money-mindedness and our self-centeredness has made us not see what is clear in black and white. You see, if you understand this, it will not be a struggle to go for outreach. It will not be a struggle to do so many other things you're supposed to do because so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves, but live for Christ who died and rose for them. The reason why you are struggling to do what the money has been given to you to do is because Satan has blinded you to understand that the money is not yours. Even though you are the one carrying it, it doesn't make it yours. The life, the new life that you have in Jesus Christ that gives you confidence to come to God is not yours. It's, it's Christ's life. And he's not expecting you to live for yourself, but for him. And moreover, it is living for yourself that brought you the problem in the first place. And after you have been forgiven the price has been paid for your freedom. You want to go back and do the same thing. What's wrong with you? 
Don't you get it? If you live for others, you would hardly do wrong. If you live for others, you hardly do wrong. If you live for others, Satan can't influence you. Because Satan doesn't do good to anybody. So if I'm living for somebody, why should I live for you and do you evil? even pray evil against you if I'm living for you. Yeah. Almost every parent does good to their children. They suffer. They wake up at 4 a.m. winter, summer to go to work for money so that they will look after their children. They will give them food. They will pay their school fees. They will do all those things. They, they, don't, they don't wake up to do them evil. for somebody, you can't do the person evil. You can't. You can't. If I'm living for your well-being, how can I do you evil? Are you understanding why Christ said you should no longer live for yourself? Or Paul said, so that those who receive his new life should no longer live for themselves. I mean, if you understand this, you, I think we don't even need to talk plenty. Hallelujah. It's a Bible verse. You have been reading verse 17, but the verse 17 has verse 15. You've been jumping to read verse 17. If any man be in Christ is a new creature, all things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Full stop. Yeah. <laughs> you should read even verse 18 and 19. Hallelujah. Yeah. Are you here with me or you are... You are do, you, do, you understand, do you understand this verse? This one even don't say it well. Might. It's not, it's not optional. When you say might, it's like it's, you may or may not. It's not optional. He died for us so that those who live will no longer, should no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised. 16. From now on, we do not. 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, there's a new creation. I don't say it's not, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. All things have become new. 18. Now everything from is from God. Who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry 
of reconciliation. You see, here, Christians have forgotten about this. We are happy to say, I'm a new creation. I am a new creation. I am a brand new man. All things have passed away. All, something, something. I've forgotten the song. And we sing and we jump, jump. I am a new creation. And happy, you are a new creation. There's a verse. <laughs> that is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. Not counting their trespasses against them. And has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Verse 2. Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. Certain that God is appealing through us. We plead on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. You see Paul understood his salvation. He understood salvation in its fullest. Because of his understanding of the Old Testament, he understood clearly what Christ means. And he would spare nothing to live the fullest experience of salvation. But we, because we are are so blind and worldly, we have changed the gospel to something else. Coming to Jesus means that God is going to give you more money. No. Coming to Jesus does not mean God is going to give you more money. Coming to Jesus means that you are no longer going to live for yourself, but you are going to live for Jesus. So you do what Jesus wants to be done. And if Jesus is our leader and our savior, he gave us the example of how to live here on earth. By not living for himself, but living for God. All through the scriptures, as he was walking about, healing, doing everything, anytime somebody tried to make him live for himself, he got angry. When Peter wanted him to live for himself, he called him Satan. Because he understood why he's here. He didn't come here by himself. In terms of he was just on a visit and you know some fellowship and some... No, no, no. He was sent to come and accomplish a purpose for God. And he came and lived for God. No matter how he felt, he had God always in mind. So if he's your savior and he's your lord and he's our master and he's our example, then why do you want to do something different from him? Hmm? It's a question that deserves an answer. Uh, Bishop, you see, what you are preaching is very theoretical because you see, in the Jesus' time, I mean, things were different. Things were not different. It's the same thing. There was not a Satan in Jesus' time and a Satan in your time. It's the same Satan. It's the same Satan. Nothing is different. Nothing is different. 
It's the same Satan. It's not an upgrade Satan. It's the same Satan. I mean, you see, you don't understand. You see, that in the Bible times, things were different. In the Bible times, things were not different. Because Satan hasn't gone and, and another Satan has come. No. That old serpent. The Bible calls him, that old serpent. He has been around and has not changed. He's still the same. That old serpent, the dragon, the devil is the same. So why do you think that things will be different for you? Because the Satan hasn't changed. Hmm? Are you with me? So whatever example Jesus gave us and whatever the word of God tells us, we should fight to live it. I said we should fight to live it. And you know, I want us to pray about it. I want us to pray about it because, you see, hearing it is one thing. And it entering your spirit is another thing. Because if it enters your spirit, you will change. This one, it has entered your head, but it has not gone into your heart. And you want to pray, Lord, reveal it in my heart, in my spirit. Give me a revelation of this truth in my spirit. That I will know that having received the new life that is found in Christ, I will no longer live for myself, but live for Jesus. You see, that if you are living for Jesus, that is really the reason why you will do your quiet time. If you are living for Jesus, that will be the reason why you pray. That's the reason why you read your Bible. That's the reason why you will fast. That's the reason why you pray for people to be saved. Because Jesus said, when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion because they were scattered as sheep having no shepherd. And he spoke to the disciples and said, pray ye the Lord of the harvest. He said, the harvest is plenteous. But the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he may send forth laborers. Mm-hmm. That's what you'll be praying about. Because for every you who is born again, there is a thousand of you in the same land who is not born again. And unless somebody prays for them and prays to God that laborers will be released into the harvest field, they will die and go to hell. They will die and go to hell, not because they were destined to go to hell, but because there was no helper. There was no deliverer. Because all the deliverers are busy living for themselves. Mm -hmm. All the deliverers are busy living for themselves. Mm Mm-hmm. They are busy thinking about their wedding dress and imagining. When they sit there, when they lie down, they are, having, they are fantasizing about they walking in the aisle. And turn that it's, it's as if life is all about weddings. And, you know, is that not what we have made it about? I mean, most of you young ladies, are they, are, is that not your thoughts? Speak the truth. No, sir. Is that not, is that not the case? <laughs> it's not. It's not. 
You say it's not. It's true. It's true. Which is true? What is true? That is not. 